Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 96 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And the Rangers, just a few minutes ago, lose a 6-4 decision to the New Jersey Devils at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. Just a disappointing performance by the Rangers. You know, I can't really sugarcoat this one. They got to be better than this. They are in the middle of a playoff chase, and I know the Devils have played a little better recently, but that doesn't excuse the Rangers tonight. I wouldn't say it was a lack of effort or anything like that. It was just a lack of execution. They just were not at their sharpest at a time of the season where they need to be sharp right now. And part of the problem also, and we talked about this a little bit, in the game against the Capitals. Now, obviously, the Rangers against the Capitals, just they they post a thrilling overtime victory, 6-5. to five. Mika Zibanejad scores six goals. And this is something that we touched on a little bit because it happened in that game as well. I didn't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to damper uh, just a thrilling win, which is exactly what that was against the Devils. Of course, Mika Zibanejad scoring the five goals, finishing it off with a goal in overtime. But twice in that game against the Capitals, the Rangers took the lead and then almost immediately gave it right back to the Capitals. And again, you know, it's one of those things, you don't want to harp on it too much because it was a thrilling win for the Rangers, but I did mention that's something they have to clean up going forward. You can't afford to either score a goal or give up a goal, and then off the ensuing faceoff, just kind of take your foot off the gas and just kind of have a lull and just allow your opponent to score again. And it happened twice against the Capitals, but we can we can look Past it because, A, I think a lot of us were delirious after the Rangers got that win and Mika Zibanejad put up that performance. And, B, you know, you can write it off as, well, you know, it's going to happen once in a while. There's nothing you can do. It's going to happen to every team in the NHL at one point or another throughout an 82-game season. But it happened again tonight, and it happened twice tonight, and it happened twice in the same period tonight where there was a goal scored, and then less than a minute later, the Rangers give up another goal. And it was all part of just... Basically a hellish second period. The Rangers went into the second period with a 2-1 to one advantage, and they give up two early goals in the second period. Kyle Palmieri scores 44 seconds into the second, and then Frederick Clausen with a goal just 52 seconds later. And just like that, the Rangers' 2-1 lead turns into a 3-2 lead for the Devils. And then later in the period, Travis Zajac scores on the power play, and then John Hayden follows up just... 25 seconds later. So you can't do this, man. You're in a playoff race and you're playing against a team that is clearly not as good as you. They've really struggled this season. They've really underachieved. You got to be sharper than this. And, you know, there's part of me that wants to say, well, you know, it happens. This is going to come up from time to time. But no, that, that's not good enough in a game like this, man, because you had lost three games in a row. You come back and you win just an incredible, thrilling seesaw game against the Capitals. You got to come out better than this. You got to come out sharper than this. You got to be stronger than this. You got to find a way to win this game. And it's not going to happen if you're giving up a goal and then giving up another goal less than a minute later. You got to come back even hungrier, even stronger after that goal is scored. And the game just completely got away from the Rangers here. And it is what it is. You know, it it was just too big of a hole to climb out of. You know, the Rangers, they did fight back a little bit in the third period. They scored a couple of late goals. But, I mean, what does it really mean? You know, they... They trailed by three until there were less than seven minutes remaining. And, you know, Gray McKay scores a goal, and that gives you a glimmer of hope. 
now you're only down by two goals with six minutes and change left. And yes, it's possible, but man, you have dug yourself a serious hole to climb out of here. And of course, Rangers not able to do so. I should also mention, of course, Igor Shesterkin returns to the lineup for the Rangers, and it's great to see him back. And again, the biggest thing, obviously he was in the car accident with Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich, I believe it was two games that he missed, and he's been back ever since. And Shesterkin only ends up missing six games. So obviously, credit to him for, for working hard to get back and beating the timetable that they gave him. You know, when you hear, when John Davidson announces that Shesterkin and Buchnevich are in a car accident, I mean, you hold your breath right away. You find out that they're both going to be okay. You know, there's nothing life-threatening or career-threatening about the injuries that they sustained. But when you hear that Igor Shesterkin has a broken rib, you're thinking at that point, like, man, like, that might be it for the season. And then you hear the timetable, and it sounds like, you know, he'll be back eventually. But then, he just totally beats the timetable and, again, only misses the six games. The Rangers went 3-3 three and three in the six games that he was away. And, obviously, a tough tough game tonight. You know, I don't think he was at his sharpest. It's pretty obvious that he wasn't at his sharpest. Gives up the five goals in the first two periods and was replaced by Henrik Lundqvist for the third period. It wasn't all on Shesterkin. Again, a couple of defensive lapses. Rangers, again, they just weren't sharp tonight. You know, that, that's the best way I can describe this. They were just a half step slow at pretty much all times, and Shesterkin kind of paid the price. And even Shesterkin, you know, he's not blameless either. He let in a couple goals that maybe he could have stopped, but we'll give him a little bit of a pass, of course, because, hey, look, the guy was in a car accident. It's obviously a traumatic event. He broke a rib, and, you know, he's cold. You know, he hasn't played in a while, so he's back. He's got to find his footing again, and you just hope that, you know, he can kind of find that form down the stretch here and and be the goalie that it looked like he was going to be. And I think he will. You know, again, this is only one bad performance and it's his first game back. So I'm not going to panic or anything like that. But you just hope that, you know, going forward, these last, how many games are we down to here? Like 15 or 14? These last however many games that it is, you just hope that Shesterkin can have his A game and, and give the Rangers a chance to complete this run to the postseason. But yeah, the biggest takeaway for me tonight and the biggest reason why the Rangers lost this game is just not responding well after they gave up a goal. It happened twice where they gave up a goal and then gave up another goal in the next minute. And when you do that twice in one game, very, very small chance that you're going to come away with two points. And indeed, the Rangers did not come away with two points in this game. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. It's funny, you know, I record this podcast at different times, different days and everything. It's just kind of however it works best with my schedule or however I'm feeling like I want to do it. And a lot of the times... I'll record an episode right after the Rangers claim an awesome win. Like that game against, uh, you know, the Capitals or, you know, the overtime win against the Islanders. There was an overtime win against the Penguins earlier this year. There's times where you just can't wait to record the episode. It's kind of the opposite today. This is one that I kind of just want to get through. And don't get me wrong. I love doing the show. I, I love, you know, talking Ranger hockey with all you guys. 
But this is one, man, there, there's just not a whole lot of positives to take out of it. But we'll find some. You know, it wasn't all terrible for the Rangers. And, you know, there were some strong performances. There were some good moments. And I thought the first period was very good for the Rangers. I thought the Rangers came out looking strong, looking fast, looking crisp, looking like the better team, looking like they might, you know, pretty much just take care of a team that they are better than. Unfortunately, it just didn't end up going that way tonight. But the only other thing I want to mention here before we jump into the period-by-period breakdowns is that the Rangers made a little bit of a change to the starting lineup. Same same players were dressed, but they move Julian Gauthier from the fourth line to the third line, and they drop Capo Caco from the third line to the fourth line. And I think as a temporary move, it's fine. I mean, I don't want to see Caco play out the rest of the season on the fourth line because I think you're going to stunt his growth if you don't have him out there with people that can score. And again, tonight, he's sharing a line with Greg McCaig and Brendan Lemieux. Not exactly, you know, top-level scoring threats. But Julian Gauthier has played well, and I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, Caco's in a slump. And I know with Caco, Quinn hasn't really been thrilled about his defense. And with Gauthier, you want to at least give him a chance, give him a little bit of run here, see what he can do playing up a line, playing with guys who can score. I mean, he's out there with Brett Howden, who, eh, you know, up and down this season a little bit, not exactly setting the world on fire. And Philip Heedle, who's been a streaky player himself. But I think it's fine to do this. Just give the team a little bit of a jolt. Give Julian Gauthier a little bit more ice time. I talked about him in the last episode. I'm definitely still bullish on Julian Gauthier. Love the size and speed combination that he brings to the rink. And he actually did get an assist in this game on the Rangers' first goal. The first goal of the game, in fact, he assists Philip Heedle. And in fact, before the goal, Gauthier went in on the forecheck. He forced an early turnover and got a pass to Philip Heedle. Heedle's shot is stopped by Blackwood, but it's a little bit of a foreshadowing instance here because these two connected for a goal later on in the period. And on that play, Adam Fox has the puck. He's kind of, you know, in deep in the right faceoff circle, and he pushes the puck ahead to Gauthier. Now, Gauthier is running out of real estate there. He He's looking to shoot. He's looking to pass, and he doesn't really have time or space to do either one of them. So instead, he swoops around behind the net, passes in front to Heedle, and Heedle buries it pretty much from the doorstep. And just like that, Rangers off to a one nothing start. So nice to see Gauthier take advantage of his move up to the third line, picking up a helper early in this game. And I'm now realizing that, you know, I just mentioned that the Rangers twice in this game gave up a goal less than a minute after a goal had been scored. It happened three times. I forgot about this one because it happened in the first period and it happened after a Ranger goal. But nevertheless, the Rangers score a goal less than a minute later, they give up a goal to the Devils. And Kyle Palmieri, he scores. He scored from a ridiculously sharp angle here, but Igor Shesterkin's got to find a way to keep this puck out of the net. I'm thinking that maybe he was surprised that Palmieri attempted this shot because, again, it was from just a crazy angle. Palmieri was basically had his skates on the goal line and and just shot from, you know, kind of close to the boards and just kind of got it through Shesterkin on the short side. But, yeah, I mean, three times in one game, there's a goal scored, and then the Rangers just give it up, and that's just unacceptable. That cannot happen. It's something that they absolutely must fix going forward if they're going to have any chance of completing this run to the postseason. Rangers do go back on top 2-1, to one, however. It looked like the Devils were about to skate the puck out of their own zone, and, you know, the player just kind of chipped it along the boards, but Adam Fox knocks it down, keeps the play alive, and then he executes just a beautiful give-and-go with Mika Zibanejad, and of course Zibanejad scores again. He had to score at least once in this game, right? I mean, after you score five goals, you know, two nights ago, I think you got to come back with at least one more for a little bit of an encore, and indeed Zibanejad lights the lamp here, gives the Rangers a 2-1 to one lead, Rangers get a power play, and just to give you guys a little update on the man advantage for the Rangers, they come into this one at 23.9% on the power play. That is good for fifth best in the league, but unfortunately, 
not really looking like themselves in this game. They went 0-3 on the power play, and it's not like the power play looked completely helpless tonight and that they didn't get any chances whatsoever, but not the high-quality, dangerous scoring opportunities that we are getting so accustomed to seeing them create pretty much on every power play. They were okay on the power play, but they just didn't have that same electricity. This has been an electric unit the last couple of games, and and it's been a big part of the Rangers' success post-All-Star break, but just didn't quite have it tonight. Like in a lot of phases of this game, they just were not at their sharpest. We go to the second period, and it goes south for the Rangers in quite a hurry here. 46 seconds in, Kyle Palmieri scores again. Shesterkin made a really nice point-blank save against Wood, but Palmieri lifts his shot over the left pad of Shesterkin, and he scores, and he makes it 2-2. Two to two. And Adam Fox has been awesome. He made some nice plays in this one, had a couple of assists. I believe it was two assists for Adam Fox. But I don't know what he was doing on this play. I, I just got to be honest. He, he was just kind of stationary. You know, he didn't go after the puck. He didn't really try to pick anybody up in front of the net. Just, just kind of a little bit of a lull by Adam Fox there. And I don't know if he was just indecisive or what exactly caused it, but either way, like I said, just very stationary, not really, uh, you know, sticking his nose in like he typically does. You know, it's just very surprising to see that from Adam Fox. I mean, he's been so good this season. Anytime he has a miscue, you're kind of left scratching your head. And, uh, you know, just like that, Devils tie it 2-2. Two to two. And then like we were talking about in the intro, it takes just 52 seconds for the Devils to score again. Once again, another goal after a goal was scored, and this time Gusev makes a centering pass to Clayson, and Clayson scores his first goal of the season, makes it 3-2, to kind of goes top shelf. I mean, maybe stoppable by Shesterkin, but he didn't get any help whatsoever on this play, because if you watch the replay, you can see Gusev had the puck, and there were three Rangers that all went right to him, and nobody picked up Clayson, who was kind of trailing the play a little bit, and, and Clayson just uncontested takes a couple more strides towards the net, lets it fly, and he scores. And just like that, 3-2, and the Rangers call a timeout to try to regroup a little bit here as, you know, this game's starting to get away from them a little bit here in the second period. Mika Zibanejad draws a penalty back in the Rangers zone. He just gets tripped up, and uh, the Rangers had the puck for a long time here on the delayed call, and Zibanejad had a chance to bury a rebound in front of the Devils net. It would have really been something if he did this for the second time in two games where he draws a penalty and then scores during the delayed call but couldn't quite get his stick on it, couldn't quite finish in front of the net there. So the Rangers go on the power play, and one of their better-looking power plays of the night of the three, I, probably the best, but, uh, you know, Strom throws it across the crease, but there's just nobody there. And then D'Angelo at the goal line, he passes to Buchnevich in the slot, and Blackwood just makes a really nice save. And again, you know, they had a couple of chances, but just not that. You didn't feel that same electricity. You didn't have that feeling that, like, man, they are going to score. They are going to score. It didn't feel that way on this power play or during this night really at all. Power play ends and the Rangers get another opportunity. Fox takes a long shot. There's a save by Blackwood and Strom is looking for the rebound in front, but he can't quite stuff at home. And then the rush goes back in the other direction. The Devils get behind the defense a little bit. There's a centering pass for Wood and Shesterkin makes a nice save one-on-one -on -one with Wood, but the Devils draw their first power play on this play. And then their only power play of the game, I thought the Rangers got off to a pretty nice start with the penalty kill here and got a couple of clears, and it goes nearly a minute 30, but then the Devils score on a redirection. Heashier centers to Zajac, and Zajac scores, and it's 4-2 with 3.41 remaining in the second period. And then just take a wild guess what happens next. As we talked about in the intro, this is a rough night for the Rangers. Anytime a goal was scored, it didn't go very well for them immediately thereafter. And in this case... 
It's just 25 seconds later, and Severson takes a shot from the blue line. The puck deflects off of Hayden, and it goes into the net, and it's 5-2 to two Devils just like that, and you're just left scratching your head at this point. This has just been a nightmarish second period. The funny thing, though, is that it started horribly, and it ended horribly. In the middle, I thought it was kind of even. You know, I didn't really notice the Devils necessarily skating circles around the Rangers, and again, the Rangers really at no point after the first period, really had their A game, really looked like they were really on their toes and really sharp in this game. But I didn't think that they played terribly for most of the second period. It's just they had these two separate lulls where they just allow the Devils to score a couple of goals back-to-back, and you can't do that. You know, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, and you're just not going to win games when that happens. But it is what it is. You know, the Devils 5-2 to two at this point. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Igor Sesterkin is replaced between periods and Henrik Lundqvist enters the game to start the third period here. And it was cool to see him get a really nice hand from the fans at Madison Square Garden. You even hear a few Henrik chants. It's great that Ranger fans are still in Henrik Lundqvist's corner despite him obviously having a tough season and with playing time becoming very sparse for Lundqvist. And by all measures, probably his career worst season, and you never know which direction it's going to go when this season ends, what might happen, what might Henrik Lundqvist's future be with the Rangers or in this league in general, but it's still great that the fans kind of recognize, you know, even if Lundqvist is back next season, and even if he plays the whole season with the Rangers, the time is definitely winding down a little bit here. I can't see any scenario where he is back with the Rangers after next season. So at best, you've got about a season and a quarter left of Henrik Lundqvist. And it's really nice that the fans recognize what he's meant to this franchise, recognize how good he has been, and understand that this is a guy who, you know, we've talked about this before, but there there have been times in the Ranger history, I think back to the mid-2000s, where Henrik Lundqvist basically carried this team. And he was just about the only reason the Rangers would make the playoffs. Like every year, they were the seven seed or the eight seed and they'd be up against you know one of the best teams in the league and it would all be on Lundqvist if, if the Rangers were going to pull off some kind of a first round upset it would be because Henrik Lundqvist stood on his head and he's a guy who's done it all in this league except win the Stanley Cup they got close a couple of times but you know Lundqvist has always played his heart out for this team and it's really cool to hear that even in a game where the Rangers are down by three goals and everybody's probably in a bad mood and man we're losing to the Devils and the Devils they're not any good and this is a big game for the playoffs and we're we're we might lose. We're not going to get any points. It's a day where the Islanders got one point. The Hurricanes got two points. And you never mind any of that because we got to cheer for Henrik Lundqvist and we got to make sure we show him that he's appreciated, you know, in what could be the last couple of weeks of his tenure as a New York Ranger here. So really cool to see. Really nice that the fans still in Henrik Lundqvist's corner. And, and Lundqvist played well in this third period. I thought he made a couple of nice saves. He faced five shots, stopped all five of them, including in the first minute here, talk about just, you know, jumping right into the deep end. So Brennan Smith trying to gain the zone, and he basically just gets the puck taken right away from him, and it leads to a breakaway for Hughes, and Henrik Lundqvist makes the save with his pad, covers the puck for a stoppage, so nice to see Lundqvist, you know, come up with with a save there. You don't want to see Henrik Lundqvist enter this game and give up a goal on the first shot that he faces in the first minute of the third period, and no thank you on that, so great to see Lundqvist make that save there. But yeah, you know, the Devils are up by three goals at this point. They're playing a very defensive game. They aren't even really going in that hard on the forecheck, just kind of hanging back and just trying to make life difficult for the Rangers. The Rangers do get a scoring opportunity. Buchnevich makes a pass to Panarin in front, but the save is made. And then Smith can't keep the puck in the zone. And just like that, the threat is extinguished. It's just one of those instances where the Rangers just were not sharp. You know, the puck went back to Brennan Smith. It seemed like one that he could have held inside the blue line, just couldn't do it. But, you know, the thing I liked here is the Ranger faithful 
still into this game. You know, there's about 13 minutes left, and you are hearing some let's go Ranger chants, trying to get this team going a little bit here and, you know, try to get them back into this game and at least, you know, make a game of it. And then Lundqvist, another really nice save. The Devils come in on a two-on-one, and Lundqvist makes the stop, knocks the puck into the netting, and out of play. And with the Devils playing such a defensive style in this third period here, the Rangers are kind of reduced to playing a chip-and-chase game. And then, you know, the, the Rangers would dump it into the Devils' zone, and then the Devils would just go get it and just skate it right back out. This happened a couple of times in the third period, and there was an instance where Brett Howden dumped the puck in, and the Devils go and they get it. And on the shot from the, you know, the hard camera there, there's four Devils in the picture and no Rangers. And it stayed like that for a solid three or four seconds, and the Devils just calmly skate it out of their own zone. And, you know, you might hear that and think like, oh, well, the Rangers probably went to get a line change, but I don't think they did. Those guys hadn't been on the ice for very long. I didn't notice any new players coming onto the ice when that happened. So it's just, like we said, you know, it's just a game where the Rangers just not at their best and just a half step slow for most of this night. And that was the case in this instance here as well. And it also seemed like that bad second period just kind of deflated them a little bit. But the Rangers do give themselves a, a little glimmer of hope here. Pavel Buchnevich passes to Gautier and Gautier dishes to McKeg in deep. A lot of quick passing there. McKeg can't quite deflect it into the net, but the puck comes back out to Brennan Smith. Smith takes a shot and it deflects off of the left skate of Greg McKeg and goes into the net. So it is to 5-3 now. The Devils leading by two goals with 6-18 remaining. But then, I mean, they almost did it again here. This was all, This would have been the fourth time that the Rangers, within a minute of a goal being scored, gave up a goal to the Devils. So basically what happens here is Panarin has the puck in the Rangers' zone. He tries to pass to D'Angelo, and the Devils basically just take the puck away. D'Angelo stopped. I, I didn't see which player it was on the Devils, but he stopped the Devil at the last second from getting the shot off. But that would have been four times in one game, which is just unreal, that the Rangers, you know, goal is scored, and then they give one away. So that, that really was the theme in this game. But uh, the Rangers, you know, they, they're... Kind of come alive here with about four minutes remaining, and you're watching this, and it's like, man, where has this been all night? You know, where, where where's this energy been? And the Rangers pull Lundqvist with 319 remaining with an offensive zone draw on the way, and Devils get a couple of shots at the empty net, but the Rangers somehow keep it out. The Rangers do set up shop on the Devils' side of the ice for a little while, but, you know, nothing doing as far as getting the puck in the net. And then there's an instance where Mika Zibanejad in the neutral zone passes back to Fox. You know, Zibanejad had somebody all over him, so pass it back to Fox, who's who's by himself. And Fox looks to make a cross-ice pass from his own zone, but he kind of just whiffed on it, and Zajac picks it up. He won't have a much easier goal to score in his life than this. He just puts it right into the empty net with 55 seconds remaining. And just like that, it's 6-3, to three, and it's pretty much game over. The Rangers do score with 43 seconds remaining. McKeg passes to D'Angelo, and D'Angelo is looking to make a pass of his own, but it hits a skate of one of the Devils, and it goes into the net with 43 seconds remaining to make it 6-4. to four. But that was that. The Rangers lose, and, you know, again, the big theme tonight was giving up a goal after a goal had just been scored. I've said that a lot, but it bears repeating because that's the difference in the game in this one tonight. And overall, Rangers just not sharp enough. You got to be better than this, man. You know, it, I, I don't want to kill them. They are a young team. You're going to have nights like this. You're going to have miscues every so often, but, man... You're in a playoff chase and you lose to an inferior team and you squander an opportunity to get an important two points in the standings. Now, the Rangers are going to be off on Sunday and Monday, and that might not be the worst thing in the world because they have lost four out of five games now. So take take a minute to catch your breath. Just just relax, you know, and, and come back and just play New York Ranger hockey on Tuesday. That is when the Rangers will be back in action. Now, this wrapped up, this game against the Devils wrapped up a four-game homestand. The Rangers lost 
three of those four games. They are going back on the road all of next week. They are going to be on the road for their next three games, and maybe that's a good thing because now the Rangers lost their most recent road game. That was in Philadelphia, but they had won nine consecutive road games before that, so who knows? Maybe getting back on the road, they, they just start to feel it again, and they, they rediscover their game a little bit here, but yeah, Tuesday, they're going to be at the Dallas Stars at 8.30. On Wednesday, we're all going to be staying up late. They are at Colorado at 10, and then on Saturday at Arizona at 9. So not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination here. They've got the Dallas Stars, of course, on Tuesday, and the Stars right now with 82 points. That is tied for the third most in the Western Conference. Then, of course, they'll be taking on the Avalanche. The Avalanche, 88 points, second most in the Western Conference. And then they'll be facing the Arizona Coyotes, and the Coyotes have struggled a little bit. They are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, but they have 74 points. The last team in in the Western Conference right now is the Nashville Predators. They have 76 points, so it's going to be a huge game for the Coyotes, and that's one of those games the Rangers are really going to need to be up for. They're going to need to be up for all these games. You know, they, they got to rediscover their game, and, and just hopefully going back on the road here will sort of cure what ails them. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, we do have our 100th episode forthcoming, and I would love to hear from you guys. would love to do a mailbag on that episode. So if you have a question, send it to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Absolutely, give us a follow on Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. You can send in a question via email. You can go with a tweet, or you can DM it to me on Twitter as well. Whatever works best for you works for me. Would love to hear from you guys. Definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, that's going to do it for today, guys. That wraps up this edition of Locked On New York Rangers. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL kind of has a rotating uh, panel of hosts, if you will. You know, there's different Locked On hosts that host the Locked On NHL show every day. And whoever it is, they all do a fantastic job. We recently did, you know, the trade deadline special where every host weighed in. But either way, Locked On NHL is a great listen. You can come here for the Rangers, and then you can go there to Locked On NHL to find out what's going on in the rest of the league. So thanks again for tuning in. I will see you next time.